getting ready of time. Hey, like so hot out there. For those that don't have hair, today is your day because you are not hot like the rest of us. But I thought how excited I am to be here on a Saturday morning and then it remembered something and it had Bindi Irwin on it and she was being interviewed and that the question was, what is your favourite food? And Bindi Irwin just sits there and she goes, I don't know, I can't decide if it's fruit or vegetables. And I was just like, come on, surely her parents paid her to do that or something. But I thought, like, if I stood up here this morning and said, I'm so excited to be here with my family, you, you might have that same thought. Well, she's actually paid to say that. But genuinely, I love being here and I really look forward to Sabbath mornings with you. And there's a verse in 1 Corinthians 2.14 and it basically says spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So I want to affirm in each of you that are here today that when you made the decision to come here, God was already at work in your life this morning. So it's not an accident that you are here and we are really grateful that you're part of our family today. Last week, we talked about what is ministry and why you need to know it. And I showed you some statistics and we caught a glimpse of just what it's like to live and face the reality of life in a broken world. That was last week. And then we ended with a challenge And the challenge was for you to recognize your calling as a minister and play that out in your workplace, in your family, in your schools. So my question is this morning, how was your ministry this week? Did anyone have an opportunity to chat with someone else? Raise your hand if you just completely forgot about it because that's okay. (laughs) I saw one hand. Dale, are you happy to share how your ministry went this week? This is Dale, everybody. Dale is new to our church, so welcome. Give us a sentence of how your ministry went this week. Um, I had a conversation with someone about Sabbath, actually. Awesome. And because this is a new experience for me, celebrating on the Saturday, on the Saturday Sabbath, and we talked about rest, and this colleague works seven days a week. Wow. And so that was an opener for yep. a conversation about heaven and hell. Wow, fantastic. All right, anyone else got any ministry that week? I had a friend that came along. Yes. And um, she was very inspired by um, what was said, and she had gone to church as a young, younger child. But um, when I asked her to come to church on Saturday, she was like, oh, well, this is the first time I... Um, Saturday that she had free and then um, so she came and she just thought it was really relevant when you were sharing all the statistics and things. Um, Her sister had just gone into the mental health ward that day and um, yeah, so she was open to prayer and um, yeah, it was really blessed by it. Awesome. Thank you for your ministry. Is anyone else? Yes. Uh, This week was the first uh, week back at school, and on Monday, um, it was meet and greet day for the primary, and it was such a stinking hot day. (sighs) However, I had a blast just meeting um, the parents and the kids and just seeing how excited the parents were. (laughs) Not the children, but the parents. So it was really (laughs) awesome to see. (laughs) Can vouch for it was very hot, but it was fun. 
this morning. Went for a little stroll um, up a hill, and I met a, a bloke named Gavin. And um, he was, I, I passed him, I was walking up on the mountains, and I passed him, he was huffing and puffing, um, but he eventually caught back up to me to the top, and then he was trying to get a photo, and I was like, just come stand here, as much better of you. And we just sat and chatted, and he talked about what he'd been doing, and grew up in a church, but not his thing anymore, so we just chatted and had some time together, so that was pretty cool. Awesome. Anybody else? Okay. So cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing and outside of here, and also thanks for sharing in here. Well, today we're continuing on in a similar line and starting a series that we'll be doing for three weeks that kind of follows on from what we did last week. So we'll concentrate on this at camp next week as well. We want to understand just how we talked about how God went and went about his ministry, and in Luke chapter 15. Uh, there are, th- think that was lost. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three um, times, places and times where Jesus actually played out those parables, played out seeking and finding the lost. He was someone who actively went and change people's lives by his grace. So that's what we're going to have a look at. But before we go, like we do every week, who is brave enough this morning to bless our church family with our prayer? Is there someone who's happy to raise their voice this morning? Thanks, Robin. That's amazing. Amen. Thank you so much. So we're going to head on over to Luke in a minute, but I want to do a little bit of a poll. So this is, you don't have to move about, but you have to hop up and down. So I'm going to start with everybody standing. So is this a little bit of a poll? Everybody's standing. Now, um, this is, we're two polls, but this is the first one. So this one is about receiving phone calls. All right, so this poll is about receiving phone calls. I want you to sit down, if, and no judgment, and don't say names. I want you to sit down if you've ever blocked someone on your phone so that you never have to take a call from them again. So if that's you, sit down. All right, those that are still standing, sit down if you make a habit of noting the caller ID and then deciding to take that phone call or not. Okay. Has anyone, look at the polite, gentle, oh no, gentle lady, sit down if you have ever either seen the caller ID or heard the voice You might not have done it audibly. It might have been an internal groan, moan, or an eye roll, and then either not answered or kept on talking. Have you ever done that with someone? Well, these, look around, people. These are the people to call if you're ever stressed, because they will all... (laughs) All right. So now, this is the making calls poll. So stand up again. Everybody stand up again. This is about making phone calls. All right. First one is for couples out there. Sit down 
If you have a particular in-law that you choose not to ring, you make your partner ring them. Oh, they're really nice people here. (laughs) All right, okay. Sit down if you have ever delayed or procrastinated or put or a bank, something like Centrelink or a bank that you know is going to keep you on hold for a really long time. All right. Sit down if you have ever said that you would return a phone call, but you didn't do it straight away. So now you're in that awkward moment of, can I call or can I not? Because I said I'd call, but I haven't called now. And now it's awkward and going to be out of the blue. Right. Okay. All right. Sit down if you would 100% rather speak to someone in person than make a call. All right. Wow, you guys are amazing. Super nice, super nice people. I'm looking forward to phone calls. I'll give you my number, affirming phone calls. (laughs) All right. We're going to have a look at Luke chapter 5. So if you have your Bible with you and you... Look up Luke chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we would love to gift you one. So if you need a Bible, Cooper's standing right here and he will give you one and you can take that home and become yours. Just wave at Cooper if you want, if you need one. But we're going to go to Luke chapter 5 and we're going to witness not a phone call this time, but a life calling. And we're going to observe, this is what I want you to think about, the attitude of the caller and the attitude of the receiver. So both of those parts is what we're going to have a look at. The attitude, the feelings, the behaviors of the caller, and then the receiver. So we're going to go to verse 27. So Luke 5, verse 27. And it reads like this. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi. Other gospels record it as Levi Matthew or Matthew. So it's Levi Matthew uh, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got us 29. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? If you were here last week, you remember that we saw, we saw this played out in a chosen clip last week. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We see a calling happening here. Not a phone call, not a distress call, not an SOS, but a life-changing call. A call to step out of where someone is into something new. And I don't know about you, but last year I stepped out of something and into something new. And it does bring some feelings and emotions with it. And some of you have got people in your family that have, little people that have stepped into school or stepped out of high school and into university. We all understand what happens 
with change. But I want to show you, last week with The Chosen, we looked at the clip of the banquet happening and we saw the Pharisees come and question. This week, we're going to have a look at the calling. So as you have a look at this calling, I want you to think about what's the attitude of the caller? It's Jesus in this space. And what's the attitude, feelings, feelings, thoughts, hesitations behind the receiver? We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. Can put it back? No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. I love that part. Uh, I don't go to parties. Um, that's not going to be an issue because you're putting it on tonight. We're going to have a look at the caller. In this case... Jesus. Jesus, we can see from this clip and from our passage in Luke that he was proactive. He didn't sit somewhere and wait for people to walk up to him. We see him all through the gospel actively seeking out, positioning himself to encounter people who might be lost. And we see that here. We see him walking past the tax collector's booth and seeing 
Matthew and seeing that there is an opportunity to connect, an opportunity to engage with him. And he turns and he calls him. The next thing I want you to remember about the caller, and in this case, Jesus, he meets people where they are at. He didn't leave just like a little note, like a business card to Matthew and go, hey, you're in a bad way at the moment. Once you've sorted yourself out, maybe in the next, I'll give you six months, and then once you're all sorted, I'm going to be, you know, in Galilee, you can meet me there. He didn't do that. He called Levi, Matthew, right from where he was, in the middle of what he was doing, in the life that he had chosen, that in this case, lots of people disapproved of. Jesus meets people where they are at. He doesn't require them to move to a certain space or to tick a checklist off before he engages with them and graciously offers his life for theirs. He shows most importantly, and I think this is something that, you know, as a religious body, we often get accused of, but he showed no judgment. And I think often why uh, spiritual religious people get the bad name of we're judging, I think what happens sometimes is when someone comes into the space that has Christ in their lives, it's obvious. And then when you come into the room, sometimes other people's consciences arrive with you. And so they feel judged. It may not even necessarily be by you. It might be by themselves. They may see the reality of where they're at and feel like they come short. But don't get me wrong, you and I, and we know people that have judged others. And this second that we do, it puts up a barrier that is often so hard to break through. And Jesus didn't do that. He said, I'm going to call you in this public arena out of your workplace with no questions asked, no judgment, and actually with a tone of anticipation. I long to have this interaction with you. Let's do this together. I hope you say yes, because I really want to spend time with you. Three things. The caller was proactive, met people where they were, and did not judge others. Let's have a look at Levi, the receiver. He was imperfect. You could see in that clip that he wasn't loved. He was a tax collector. And in fact, the hatred for tax collectors was so great. It's so interesting when you read into it just how much they are hated, disapproved of. You see, what would happen is they, the Jewish people were, were literally paying taxes to the Romans who were oppressing them. They were basically funding, every time they paid out that tax, they were funding their oppressors to make it tighter and harder for them. In fact, the, when you read the Talmud and there's some Sanhedrin doctrines, so religious doctrines at that time, actually say that it's okay for you to lie to a tax collector. That's okay. That's a rule. Because they're, they're not even worth your truth. 
So if it means you can get out of something, we're going to say it's okay for you to lie to a tax collector. Tax collectors were often excommunicated, cut off from the church. The reality being that if you're cut off from the church, how could you ever turn back? How could you ever change your way if you didn't even have access to that? They were so hated in that space. In fact, there's documents that say the taxing was so oppressive that you could walk from this town to that town and two or three tax collectors could just decide that that's where they were setting up that day and you could be taxed three times within that space to that space. And everybody knew that those tax collectors were skimming off the top for themselves. He was imperfect. And that's just his work. We don't know what else Levi did in his private life. We don't know what he did at home. We don't know how he spoke. We don't know how he answered phone calls, whether he was rude or not. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know that he was hated, and we get the picture that he's imperfect by what he did. We see that... Levi recognizes and responds. He knows that he's not necessarily worthy of his calling because he's aware of where he is. And I think the ability to be aware and self-aware of where you are is nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, God actually would love for each of us to understand our own imperfections so that we can see What growth we need to have. God, where can you come into my life? Where can you fit in and help me, draw me to you, teach me, lead me? Being aware of our imperfections is also a way of realizing just how wonderful God is. That he sent his perfect son to die for us. Levi recognized and responded. He saw that there was something different. He had probably heard about this traveling preacher that was there and his followers. Certainly, there would have been stories and talks of miracles that had been happening. And when Jesus walked his way and called his name, his senses came alert and he stopped and noticed. He recognized that something was going on in that moment. Have you ever had that feeling For whatever reason, maybe at a concert, you know, maybe when you first meet someone, maybe when you first fall in love, or, you know, maybe when your teacher, well, you don't have blackboards, but I remember when our teacher used to scratch on the board and you just get that, like every, like the hairs go up on your arm. Like, you get that feeling, negative or positive, but I imagine that in that moment when Levi heard his name called, personally, he would have got that feeling, a recognition, the spirit at work in and around him. And he responded. He barely hesitated and packed up his work stuff and left from his workplace. He followed Jesus. And he followed Jesus as a choice, even though he would know, he knew that it would cost him something. Initially, what did it cost him? His job. It cost him his job. He walked away from his employment. First of all, that was the first big cost. 
We don't know what the Bible doesn't tell us, the cost of his family or any relation, other relationships that he had. But he recognized that there was something so great about this Jesus and so inviting and so peaceful that he was willing to choose him despite the cost. He responded. Now, I want to look at those same things again, but I want to make it a little more personal for you. So now I want to look at you as the receiver. And some of you here have, for a lifetime, as long as you can remember, recognized that God had a calling on you as a son or daughter of his kingdom, and you have loved and known God for a really long time. So when you look at this and, and assess you as a receiver, you might be able to go, oh, yeah, that was something I did when I'm 12. I'm all good with that. Some of you might realize that, you know, me receiving Jesus into my life is something that I just have to do every single day. I battle and I take a step towards him every single day. And there will be some people in this room that have come to know God or are just coming to know God and haven't made that decision to recognize and respond yet. So think about you and here's the question, you as the receiver. Do you understand that you're not perfect like we said before, there's something so humble about looking at ourselves and realizing that we fall short. But when we recognize that we fall short, it makes Jesus' sacrifice all the greater. Are you willing to recognize that you need Jesus in your life? That you need him to be a part of your everyday, that he wants to be a part of your everyday moments? Do you recognize and respond to the call of Jesus? Do you respond to those moments where, I don't know, sometimes I, you know, I'll try really, I'm not a morning person. I married a morning person, so I feel like, you know, why would we need two in one house? So uh, I'm not a morning person, but I set my alarm clock at five. And if you ask Neil the percentage of times that I actually get up at five, he's just like, why don't you set it for six? This is just illogical. And I'm like, no, but I really want to be at five. Like, it's really, really hard. So I don't often respond well to the calling of my alarm clock. And there'll be some days where I'll go through my morning or I'll go through my day and there'll be that little thought of, oh, if I'd have gotten up earlier today, I wouldn't have missed doing the next chapter at the moment I'm reading through Mark. I, I wouldn't have missed that. Oh, I should do that tomorrow. Am I recognizing and responding to those promptings of the Holy Spirit in my life saying, hey, take a moment here. I know there's been plenty of times where I've gone to sit down and press play, on, you know, like at the end of Netflix where it says you've got like five seconds and the next episode comes up and I've been like, you know, I said I'd only watch one and then I watched the five four, three, two, one, and I'm watching the second one and sometimes the third one. As, 
right? But there's that little voice in me that goes, hey, you're managing your time. I need you to manage your time so that we can, you carve out space for you and I. So are you, have you been recognizing those moments where God is calling you to himself to grow your relationship with him and become closer to him and respond to his promptings? I remember as a little girl that I, I loved my parents and I think, part, I said loved, that's not actually past tense, I love my parents, I still do, but you know, we moved around a heap. I went to 13 different schools. And so for me, mum and dad became the stability in my life. And you're probably the same, but can you recognize your partner or your kid's car before it even gets in your driveway? You just know the sound of it coming home. And just that hang on, I'm so waiting for dad to get home that you're kind of tuned in to that sound. Now, I feel like I did the opposite to my mum's voice. You know how sometimes you choose to tune out? Yeah, that kind of happened. And well, actually, both our parents, my brother and I chose to tune out a lot. But what I want to remind you is we all do that. We all have people that, you know, smile and wave, boys. Um, and we look like we're listening, but we're not listening. But the key thing I want you to remember here, if we want to truly receive, then we need to recognize and respond when the Holy Spirit is drawing us to our Savior. And are we willing to follow him whatever the cost? Am I willing to stop playing that movie or that TV series to actually carve out some time to be with him? Am I willing to go, you know what, it might cost me sleep. I just really want to sleep, but I'm in a small group. And because I'm part of that group, it's not just about me, but it's about them. So I'm going anyway to honor those people. It could be a time cost. It could be a financial cost. Actually, I feel like God is calling me to go on this or do this or take holidays so I can go on Storm Code. That's a cost for you. Are we willing to pay that cost of following Christ? Don't get me wrong. It's not just a costing. There's so many rewards and benefits as well, more than you could even imagine. But the question is, as receivers... Are you willing to recognize where you're at, your imperfections, and understand that God does not care? They do not disqualify you. They don't get in the way. If there was anyone not worthy, it was Levi, and everyone around him knew it. In fact, I love when Simon's portrayed going, oh, hello, Jesus, like, I know you're like the God of the universe, but do you actually know what you're doing now? Do you know who he is? I can tell you who he is. He's the guy that's been taking my taxes. He's the reason my wife's upset because I didn't get her something for her birthday. That's what those guys were thinking. What? Why would you call him? Are we willing to make sure that that's never a barrier for us? There's nothing you can do that disqualifies God from wanting you to respond to him and recognize him. And are we willing to pay the cost are we willing to set aside time to be with him? I have a question for you. And I'm going to get, there's some um, 
amazing young people here that are going to hand you out a card and I want you, you notice that you're not, there's a space to write but you're not getting a pen and there's a purpose for that. So these guys are going to hand something out to you, for you. And I want you to have a think about this year. We have challenged you last week to understand what ministry is like and who is called to ministry, which is all of us. And so we had some examples of people doing ministry this morning, which was awesome, so fantastic. And now today, I want you to be a little bit more deliberate. I think this is such a beautiful story of Levi coming from a place where he was lost, being moved into a family, a group where he could be loved and nurtured and looked after and grown. It's such a beautiful picture. And I bet that you know someone, at least one person, that you would like to have that same opportunity. Who do you know in your life and your card looks like this. This card says, for your one. So when you've got your card, I just want you to hold it in, the, in your hand. And we're going to have a look at you, the caller, not the receiver. You as the caller. The reason why I haven't given you a pen, because some of you in this moment might not be able to think up of someone straight away. You might go, actually, I'd love to go home and have a think about this. Some of you might go, actually, I know who I want to write. You'll notice it's got a magnet on the back for you to stick it on your fridge. I know who I want to write, but I just, I don't want that to be public. It's just between me and God. And so you can leave it blank and you know who is in there. Here's what I want you to think about. Who is the one? Who is one person that over the course of the next six months, the next 12 months, I want to give them or be a part of giving them the very same option that Levi had. An option to be called out of where they are, to be not lost, to be loved, to be felt like they are included, valued, nurtured, and grown. Who do you know that their lives could be changed if they understood the grace that God has given them? And I want you to think of that one person. Who is that one person of that one person? I want you to think about you as the caller, are you willing to be proactive? Are you willing in your everyday work and lives to maybe walk past your colleague's desk and notice something that is going on with them that is slightly different and go, I'm going to take that moment. I'm going to take it now, actually. Or you might hear something about a friend or someone's family member and you're like, you know what, if that was me right now, man, I would be so fearful. And in that moment where you recognize that, see that as your opportunity to be proactive and lift your phone up and call them or drive around and see them or drop off flowers to them or chocolate. It's always great. 
Are you willing for the person that is going to be your one to be proactive, to seek them out, to engage with them and let them know how good life can be with God? Are you willing to meet people where they're at? We all could probably list three people that just grate on us. But what if that grating comes from a need to know that they belong or that they are valued or that they are worthy to be a part of something? Are you willing to go, you know what, I'll look past that rub of their personality or that rub of the situation they're in? Are we willing to go beyond and meet those people where they are at? And let them know it doesn't matter. Are you willing to follow Jesus' example and invest in people's lives, even though it might cost you some time? It may even cost you some money. It may be a lunch, a dinner, a coffee, a Sabbath lunch. In fact, like we said last week, you have the opportunity to practice this between here and the car park if there's people that you don't know here. But specifically for that one, are you willing to follow Christ's example and to call them, to enable them to see that there's a different way of doing life and invite them in to that space? Are you willing to be the caller like Jesus was the example for us to be the caller? I'm going to play a song, and I love this. The words will be on the screen. But while this song is taking place, this is your moment to begin. This is your starting platform, your starting moment to begin your ministry for this person. And this is your opportunity to pray. Like we pray at the start of every church service, we pray the same prayer so that it comes on in our heads, and we try and remember it, that what we learn sinks in, that we respond to it, it changes our lives and inspires us to share it. This is your moment to start your groundwork praying for this person and listening to this amazing song.
just me in this room that can happily and humbly admit that I've been someone's one. I've been in a place where I needed someone to invest in me. I needed someone to call me out of a darkness and take me to a place, walk with me, carry me in the moments that I needed and become truly who God wants me to be. Because someone was willing to invest in me. So for your one, are you willing to be intentional? Seek them out. Are you willing to meet them right where they are, without any judgment, with encouragement and love and support? Are you willing to be the hand that holds theirs and walk them to the foot of Jesus' cross. Because when you do, what if everyone in here did? Lives are changed. And not just one life, it overflows into the lives of families, an extended family. We have a huge opportunity. We have a thousand, close to a thousand families, a thousand students in our school. And then you all know people at your work and outside of your school and relatives in your family that need to see Jesus and his love. And my prayer is that you will take this, you will stick it on your fridge and you will be reminded every time you go to your fridge to go, hey, I'll be intentional without judgment and it might cost me something, but I'm willing to pay that cost because someone paid it for me. Ultimately, your saviour paid it for you. So as you hold that card in your two hands, 
Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we want to thank you so much for stories like the calling of Levi that shows and demonstrates to us your love and the way you deal with people with no judgment and seeking them out, being proactive, being excited about sharing the good news to other people. Lord, as we hold in our hands and uplift to you a specific person, open our eyes to see their needs, give us wisdom to understand where they are at, give us grace and kindness and courage to be bold and courageous, to invite them in to your love and to your family. Lord, we look forward to hearing the stories of the way you work and move in this space. And we know and believe that your kingdom will be greater and huger because of what we're willing to do on your behalf with your strength and your help today. Never to forget that we were your one first. In your name, amen. Hello. Thank you, Sarah. Church, we're going to go back into a space of worship. So we invite you to stand and sing with us as we close the service. Falling on my knees in worship, giving all I am to seek your faith. Lord, all I am is yours. Let's sing my whole life. My whole life I place in your hands. God of mercy, humbled I bow down in your presence.
Church.